Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Scarlett. Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Style Over Substance. We're just two friends talking about our experiences working inside the fashion industry and also our observations from outside the fashion industry. It's sometimes serious, but it's definitely always a good laugh. Always. We release new episodes every Tuesday. So subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platforms. I'm, I'm right. I'm having some coffee. Um, I'm actually, this is decaf. I've already had my first coffee yesterday. Oh no, decafs are for no. I, I can't. <laughs> too much caffeine makes me feel sick. That's okay. That's fair enough because I can have two a day. Yeah. Um, and any more than that, if I have my third, I've really pushed it. Yeah. And then I start to feel not twitchy but queasy. Mm, I, not, yeah, it makes me feel nauseous, dodgy. Yeah. So okay, I take it back. But it's just like I just like having coffee. I've like yeah, really expanded. I feel like I could just have coffee constantly all day. I've got to this point now. Well, I realized that I was drinking coffee during school. Yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> I'm a climate coffee. Did you used to have? Huh? Did you used to have black coffee at school? Um. Yes. But not not even um before sick form where where we had the kitchen and we made our own. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean before then? Yeah. Like during secondary school, I used to always my mum always used to make me I used to eat breakfast in like in the car on yeah. the way to the bus. And I used to eat like toast in the car or whatever, or a bagel or whatever. And my mum used to make me coffee in my like flask. It was never t- I, I drank that. coffee every day. Yeah, but you know but, what? Like, Tea's got caffeine in. It does. Less, but, but. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've been on this daily for a very long time. But you're not a tea drinker, are you? No, I do like tea. Do you? I, I do. No, yeah, I do like tea. But I drink it when I'm cold. Like if I need to feel warmer or cosy, or I drink I drink tea when I'm sick because it's good for your stomach. You know how it like settles your stomach a bit sometimes? Yeah, 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 yeah. If you've got like a stomach upset or like you're what really kind of gassy tea? or something. You're talking mint tea here? Or? It doesn't even matter. Really, it can be black tea. It's just, I don't know what it is. It kind of settles your stomach a bit. I think it's the fact that it's a hot drink. You learn something on this podcast every week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything except fashion. Yeah. Never learning anything new about fashion. <laughs> uh... What's your fashion story? (laughs) Mine is a collaboration between Church's Shoes, Mm. a very fancy shoemaker, and Off-White. I mean, this um, came across my eyeballs on Instagram and I was, I wasn't shocked because I think in recent years we've been saturated with collaborations. Yeah. And the fact that Off-White is like what I would call like inherently a collaborative brand. They, their popularity and their fame as a brand is built on collaborations with like Nike and like other brands that mm-hmm. are big as well. 
But what I do like is that churches is they're actually owned by Prada, but they are not a fashion brand. They are quite a serious shoe brand um and quite respected like if you're a guy or a gal who likes smart shoes and you like the idea of kind of spending quite a bit of money on your shoes then churches is one of those brands that is kind of highly regarded so it's that it's that highbrow lowbrow collaboration mm-hmm. um which is which is quite cool I mean I, I suppose that's what a collaboration is in a sense it's either targeting different groups of people because it is like you know highbrow and lowbrow or it's like Gucci collaborating with North Face because North Face is such an outdoors athletic brand in that sense and Gucci's just not Mm. (laughs) not technical at all um so yeah I thought it was interesting but if you go on church's Instagram you will see they've got like really classic black brogues with quote unquote special event down the side because obviously you kind of wear those for special occasions um it's got the classic off-white tag you know that kind of zip wire zip zip line tag whatever that that tag yeah yeah that off-white is known for I was gonna say (laughs) off-face off-white is known for but it's a leather one instead of a plastic one so it's kind of like an upgraded more expensive version which is quite it's quite interesting and innovative innovative yeah um it's uh, the laces as well the the shoelaces have quote-unquote shoelaces written on them okay it's it's a wasn't didn't off-white do something like that wasn't there like um a jumper where it sort of told you or a shirt or something where it told you like the instructions of how it was made or something like that yeah they do get the pieces it's very much pointing out the obvious yeah how to use or how to wear like they made boots in collaboration with jimmy true i meant i may um sorry i remember one year and it was like for walking in quotes like these boots are made for walking so i think that that's a, a thing they do quite often yeah yeah, but what's your thoughts on these never-ending collaborations? So I would say this is the kind of collaboration, a bit like the Gucci North Face, where I feel like it really makes sense. I feel like you're like, yeah, a beautiful shoemaker, a really mm. cool brand, kind of wouldn't necessarily ever cross paths. So it's a really interesting one. I think when maybe it feels really... Um, like obvious or Mm. sort of things are too closely linked sort of like and also I feel like the Fendi skims thing is kind of like it doesn't really make sense in my opinion Mm -hmm. yeah especially because actually it's got the F monogram on it so it's like it's sort of devaluing Fendi stuff somewhat um but also yeah I don't know that didn't really work for me as much as because also Fendi could just do their own version of that it wasn't off, anything original, was it? I think for a good collaboration, someone each party has to get something out of it. Yeah, and I feel like Skims was the only one getting something out of that Fendi. Yeah, for sure. You know, whereas like Off White here will be learning so much about footwear from churches, mm. and then churches will be maybe learning a more modern or like fun twist, mm-hmm. and it will inspire them even after this collaboration. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, I would like to see like less of them, but more high quality ones. Yeah. But I do think the future of collaborations is just going to be soaring and soaring. Um, yeah. I just think that's unfortunately like the way it's going to be. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. You touched on the point of as a brand off-white, we'll learn about more classic footwear making. Um, churches will learn about, uh, a new way of being and doing I suppose but then I think also their customer base like for example Off-White's customer base that I see quite young guys um, with a lot of extra money mm. and um, being in the know of what's in hype you know is really important to them um, they will probably have an education in what makes a good shoe a good shoe like they'll go into churches yeah. 
and they'll learn about the levers and they'll learn about the sole and the different types and the different names of classic footwear. And it's an education for their client base, isn't it? That's so true. It introduces them to some, and vice versa. Like, I don't know necessarily the guy who walks into churches for a beautiful pair of leather brogues mm-hmm. is necessarily also going to shop in off white. Mm. And I think that's, it's, that's, I guess, what the idea originally is, isn't it? It's to introduce yeah. your customer base vice versa and I think you would then hopefully sort of yeah you you reach more households or something mm. I think it's yeah I think it's a really cool one to be honest I do I think it's a good one and actually churches is quite expensive as well so the price probably ranges on probably aren't super dissimilar yeah probably not um but then churches is ex- I think I feel like churches shoes are the price of off-white collaboration shoes I, I still feel like it'll be more expensive than like the normal off-white yeah thing. um it's probably just better for them more profit margin and yeah both, for both brands yeah well what is your fashion story the chanel show um so the chanel show that was i think it was last week was entirely dedicated or inspired by tweed mm-hmm and I think it was, I don't know if you've seen any pictures of the show. Yeah. But I thought it was a really, that's such a heritage thing to Chanel. And it's always in the collection, but to yes. sort of have that be a focal point, it's quite an old fashioned thing. Chanel's definitely given it a cool lease of life. And mm-hmm. um, it's very, if I think of tweed in a non-Chanel sense, mm-hmm. I think of sort of quite an older lady who is old money mm-hmm. maybe has like sort of a house quite similar to a stately home or very a very nice house to run yeah um was sort of I don't know if you've ever watched Gilmore Girls but um the grandma in Gilmore Girls is like the kind of person I think of someone with a really nice house so lots of like nice gold jewelry mm-hmm. um and yeah they sort of throw it on but it's also not even there it's not even their best outfit. That's their laid back every day. Yeah. Their slacks um, mm. sort of outfit. So Chanel's really given it something. So mm. I thought it was really cool. And actually it was quite a different show for Chanel. There was a lot of glam, but even the glam they paired down with either like rubber sort of Chanel welly boots mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I wonder if this sort of tweed as well as like a celebration of the fact that we aren't, dressing up as much you know um, yeah I, I think your point is interesting because you very much point out the fact that tweed is not a dressed up fabric and that is quite foreign to a lot of people mm. because for me there is no tweed without thinking about Chanel yeah really if I imagine that older woman who um, likes tweed and dresses in that kind of old money way. I'm I'm assuming that it's Chanel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. There are like imitation Chanel jackets that lots of people wear, but still, it's it's imitating Chanel. <laughs> like that. That's that's how I think of tweed, and because it is normally really expensive because it is such a. I don't know it's it's a unique fabric and there's skill involved in making it but also it's association with wealthier people that's just kind of why why it's so expensive it's easy to think that it's a dressed up thing mm. and it's not really it's a it's like a day suit yeah you don't go to a gala or you don't necessarily go to I don't know someone's wedding in a tweed suit or I mean, we might because, you know, we're simple people and we don't know these. We don't know the rules of upper society. (laughs) But, yeah, you're right. It is a every day I'm going to throw on a jacket and it's my tweed one. Um, In general, I really like Virginie's Chanel. Mm. I do. It's not as flamboyant as Carl. It doesn't come with the themes and the drama and the circus of it. But I think her stuff is wearable. Mm, really, I wearable. would buy her stuff. Mm. And the color palette of the show was 
really cute. It is definitely stuff that people want to buy into. Heart-shaped quilted bags. Who doesn't want that? And like, I, some people might think it's boring, but I think it's still really nice pieces. Yeah, definitely. And I actually think like, okay, there were probably people who bought into stuff, the shopping basket or whatever Mm -hmm. of that. But Chanel are, are increasing their prices, right? And so these bags are already now unattainable for a lot of us. So there's still that element of aspirational fashion. And actually, I think it's almost nice when you're like, oh my God, which one would I choose? And you're looking at them and you're like, I could wear so many of these. Mm. I think that's really nice to be able to look at a show and think that rather than be thinking, well, it's just a fashion show look, isn't it? I personally relate to, I do love seeing beautiful things, but I go to couture for that, where it's like, that's bonkers or they're showing off there. But just for ready to wear, I just want to see stuff that I actually could like one day think in a fantasy world I'd wear. (laughs) And even her couture show, because I kind of feel like Chanel couture is a bit different to mm. the regular couture because it's it's like a celebration of their craftsmanship more than it is about, you know, how outrageous and how big and different can their stuff be. But even her couture stuff are quite, quite pared down, as you said. Like, yeah, I like it. And everyone who says they don't, like, they're not turning down anything that's given to them from that show. Yeah. Like, that. yeah. No, that's that's so true, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, it makes me really want to watch, re-watch a Chanel documentary that I saw years ago, mm-hmm. where it sort of shows the behind the scenes of making a collection, and there's mm-hmm. a real focus on the tweed. And tweed is a really time-consuming um fabric to make mm-hmm. and then even all the binding that they finish it all off with is then made elsewhere it's sort of like braided at this sort of mm-hmm. old um like family run place and mm-hmm. they're sort of having to like rush to pick it up and it's yeah it makes me want to just really appreciate um the art of it all yeah um yeah oh, Chanel mm-hmm. sure I mean now with these price increases it's like, do you buy a bag or do you buy a Chanel jacket? Really? Yeah. Like six, seven thousand pound bags. You could be going and buying like Chanel ready to I wear. Could be, I could, and my, interesting. My suit fantasy enough. is probably more realistic than my bag fantasy. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, interestingly enough, I think Chanel ready to wear is one of those brands that you would want, you aspire to buy the ready to wear. Because mm. most of the time you're just like, don't waste your money on ready to wear. It's yeah. not worth it. It it's going to look cute and pretty, but it's at the end of the day, it's clothes. You're going to put on weight. Your body's going to change. The fabric's going to get tired. Blah 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 blah. And so it's not a great place to necessarily put your money. You're better off buying into bags because they don't wear out as much. Mm-hmm. But Chanel tweed, yeah, you know, it's not a bad investment. I know. Yeah. Maybe size up just in case. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I've been like having a I actually need to really ask you a question off okay. the podcast about something. Okay. Um but I was talking to um my sister-in-law yesterday about how just like I think I've mentioned it before, my body shape shape has changed a bit. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of that thing of do I throw out certain things and it's all of that. They're just kind of figuring out, well, my body shape's a bit different. Stuff suits me a bit differently or like it's a bit tight there now. So should I just make my piece with that bit's just a bit like wider mm-hmm. and just get rid of that stuff or hope that one day. <laughs> <laughs> one day is never going to come. Like, But then actually, like, I actually think my hip, my my bones have widened. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's sort of that thing of and what do you buy for so then in my head I'm like wow my body's changed and it's not like I've had a child it's just changed because that's what happens Mm -hmm. so it's made me think a bit differently about what to like what to spend more money on and sort of that thing of do I just size up for things so that they fit me for longer um and yeah it's like such a, a minefield but I'm also a big believer of enjoy the now 
you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like if you're spending that amount of money on something, you have to know that you could rip it the first day you wear it. Mm. You know, like things get in the way, things happen. You might yeah. stain it, like you might whatever. But also you it might then fix you for the next 20 years. You mm. might not change. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of think you can't fret about it all too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is off topic from your fashion story, but in the same vein of what you were saying, I think that that's why it's even more important to buy fewer things. Mm. You don't, you run the risk of like less waste, yeah. but stuff that is like, you know, quote unquote, going to be your workhorse item, stuff that you can wear a lot and then replace easily kind of if you do grow out of it or whatever. Um, yeah I think that that's probably why people get to a certain point and they're like I'm just going to buy basics because yeah that's so true yeah Mm. and I've always I've actually always sized up on coats yeah like when I was since I was young my mum's always been like buy a size up because a you need to like wear a jumper under it but also just scared of growing out of stuff or getting bigger or Mm. changing or whatever and then you're like oh god We interrupt this broadcast to say, go follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Starloves of Substance Pod. There you'll find our weekly fashion topics, all the stuff that we discuss in each episode, and our polls. Or reach out to us at styleoversubstancepodcast at gmail.com for new suggestions of topic discussions or even to share your own fashion stories. We also have a YouTube channel, Style Over Substance Podcast, if you'd rather listen to our episodes over there. Back to the episode. This week, we are talking about brands expanding from just their main line into diffusion lines, homeware lines, makeup, beauty. Mm. And does that does that diminish a brand? Does that does that add to the appeal? Is it that lifestyle factor? Mm. Why do people do it? And yeah. Mm. I think it's an interesting topic. We have in the past a number of times, if you've been listening to this podcast for long enough, but we've spoken about brands, particularly fashion brands, of course, like moving into beauty is a no brainer. It mm. makes the most money for a lot of these companies. Yeah. Not just because it's a lower price point. Um, and so therefore a lot of people can afford to buy into it, but it's something you have to replenish it once, you know, it finishes, doesn't it? You can yeah. have a black bag for a hundred years but you can only have your lip gloss for like a few months or a mm. year, depending on how often you use it, but it will deplete. And so it's it's a cash cow for brands because it's cheap to make, cheap to sell. And it's just like your customer is going to keep coming back to you. And so for a lot of brands, beauty is just like, if you want to expand and become a bigger brand and a household name, you've got to start with beauty. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And actually, even you saying that, then this made me feel like, oh, we're all just like part of this. Um, we are pawns in there. Yeah. Um, like, and even like with yeah. perfume, like perfume is so expensive. And actually, I've never really understood why perfume is expensive. It's such an easy, cheap thing to make. Um, it's got to formulate it once and then. <laughs> yeah. And then just produ- keep producing it. And of course, yeah, some of the essential oils or whatever, or the fragrances are expensive. But, mm. you know, the price of perfume is just going up and up and up. Because um, we keep buying it. Huh? We keep buying I it. I know. Though. Yeah, that's so true. But also, I think it's, I think perfume is probably quite similar to the luxury fashion industry of like illusion mm. of, of luxury too. So yeah. obviously, like you could get a fragrance from sort of, 
the high street from Zara, from and other stories, and they smell fine and they last yeah. on you like a little bit. And of course, if you buy a nicer one, it lasts on you maybe all day. Mm-hmm. But a smell is also still a smell, and you can spray it a bit more. And there's yeah. like that, but it's like you get bought into the thing of oh, but it must be a really nice perfume because it's yeah. 150 pounds. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that depletes with every spray. And then you're part of this thing of wanting to replenish. Mm. Oh, it's a it's a it's a crazy game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think beauty is a really it's also something now where so many formulas have been created that you're not really ever doing anything new. So it's probably yeah. quite safe, you know, that already so many lipstick formulas exist. You kind of just have to pick one, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that stuff you just kind of need your basics or you just need to really go in with like a really great fragrance and maybe just some lip products you mm-hmm. can kind of really pick and choose when it comes to beauty on what you do um, and but, yeah. yeah beauty is because as you say it's easy to kind of come up with a beauty collection from a brand's perspective from a customer's perspective it's like I like Valentino, so I'm going to buy their new lipsticks where I can like interchange, like a pop out the lipstick and put a new one in. But it has that gold V on the outside and it looks cute. Um, And I can pull it out of my Valentino bag, you know, when I'm at dinner. And it's all part of that, like, look, you're part of the, the sphere of Valentino. And like, what is it? I think it was 2020 when Hermes came out with their lipsticks. And I am shocked to see, not that people bought it. Again, this is just me being a poor person, not understanding the world of wealth. (laughs) But I was like, okay, cute. I can imagine people buying it off the bat because they want to see what Hermes is saying in terms of lipsticks. They want to know, you know, you want to buy into something just to see how it is. Mm. But there are people who are genuinely buying Hermes lipsticks time and time again, like it's a, like it's a lipstick from NYX. And it's, it's crazy to see how much money people will pour or spend on something so fleeting. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why would a brand not go into that? And I mean, of course, your your product has to be kind of decent. Like Chanel coming out with the advent calendar, that was terrible. That probably did nothing for them. But if you have a half decent makeup range, then it's just like your diehard fans are just going to, of course, they're going to buy into it. Why not? Yeah, and you often see with these luxury brands as well, like Christian Louboutin has, like nail lacquers and I think lipstick or lip lacquers. And it's this whole experience, like the bottles, they're really distinctive. I bet half of actually the cost of it is behind the packaging for a lot of these things. Definitely. Um, Carolina or Carolina Herrera Mm -hmm. um, has they're interchangeable yeah um but then you it's like a beautiful you can just a really beautiful kind of container or whatever it's called Um, but then it also has like a lipstick charm so Mm. you could almost have your lipstick as your bag charm I really like them I've considered getting one they're like it's so clever and Mm. it's it's a way of elevating these things and yeah you see it and you're like oh my god my lipstick and it's a talking point Mm. there's all these things like why do we like buy into it? It's either for ourselves, it's mm-hmm. for an experience, it's a talking point. Imagine that your lipstick can be all of those things of you feel really special using it. Someone's like, oh my God, where's that from? And all of this stuff is really clever of these brands. Yeah. Like even like Tom Ford lipsticks there, um, there is a word, the bullet, lipstick bullet. And mm-hmm. um, it's sort of, it's magnetic past a certain point it's square it sort of feels really it feels really luxury to use I actually don't know if I have one I've always wanted one well Tom Ford is one of those that beauty outs like eclipses yeah like everyone knows Tom Ford suits kind of that like red carpet look great everyone loves it 
But there's so many diehard fans of their perfume, which are very expensive, Mm -hmm. like £280 a bottle and things like that. And Tom Ford makeup and skincare. And it it definitely eclipses their actual clothes. So true. It's so true. Um, But I do think it is that experience. I think you're really right when you said like someone pulling a Valentino lipstick out of their Valentino bag. That's who I envisage is in buy, is buying those Hermes mm. lipsticks. You mm. want to pull an Hermes lipstick out of your Kelly. You yeah. want to like, but also I'm never going to own a Birkin or a Kelly. And so maybe the only thing I can ever own from Hermes is a lipstick. And mm-hmm. um, actually, like I'm a beauty junkie. I love makeup, but I don't think I'd ever look to Hermes for that. Yeah, um, I wouldn't. But I, I'm also just a, because I do love makeup. I'd rather sort of support makeup people who actually know what they're doing or like are are dedicated sort of makeup. That's the thing. It's yeah. It's not for you. It's for their fans. Yeah. Isn't it? Um, I mean, even in the sense that other departments, other brands move into one typically is homeware. Mm. Um, MS has homeware. I mean, MS is known for their bags of course in recent years all we've been talking about is Birkin and Kellys and if if you deserve one um, <laughs> if, if you're a chosen one <laughs> yeah um but if you they don't sell their bags really on their website but if you go on their website it's less about their bags and more about their riding accessories mm-hmm. more about their home accessories more about their scarves um Home is a massive part, like place settings, like tableware um, and their riding accessories. That is, sometimes we can think, oh, you know, fashion brands, they have started with fashion and they've moved into other areas. And sometimes fashion is their diffusion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sometimes fashion is the, the department that they moved into and not started from necessarily. That's so true. And actually... I even think it. what's clever about when they these brands expand is think of when you like want to buy a look. Mm-hmm. So say it's the um, Hermes show because we're talking about Hermes and you can buy the look. So it's like, oh, you like the models sort of dress, coat, shoes. You Here, let mm-hmm. me show you where you can buy them. Oh, you like her makeup? Mm. This, these are our products we used. Yeah. Oh, you like in the background that you can see on all of the chairs, we've got this throw with an H on. Yeah. You can buy that for your home. And home is a really, you can style homeware so many different ways. I'm a sucker for it. If I'm on a website and you see how someone's styled their home, yeah. or they show you different ways that you can style a cushion with different colors or whatever, you get sucked into like, I want all of that Mm. and so a home thing you can really sell the dream on a I think a different scale than you can fashion or beauty I think it's a real there are people who love their tablescapes yeah and that is like imagine like we don't move in these circles and you know what I don't really ever aspire to have Hermes place settings Mm. but there are people who would really, they would have a dinner party and they are really thinking about what linen colours they're going to use, the aesthetic. That's my mum. Yeah. My mum, every year before Christmas, she tells us what the colour scheme will be for Christmas. <laughs> Do you have to dress accordingly? <laughs> we don't, but I think she'd appreciate if we yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> but like, pe- there are people who love that. And I would be like that on a much, yeah, smaller scale. And I'd want to maybe have a few options and be like, oh, it's spring. I'll use like, I'll get some nice flowers and these yeah. settings. Like, that is what my goals are in future life. Mm. But there are people in high society who'll be like, let's get out like the 1980 Amos crockery. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think it sells a dream. Yeah. Um, I mean, my God, I just don't think I could ever have plates like that. Imagine some like scrap, like, you know, it's really heavy with their knife or, you know. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm not going to lie. I think I would want like a fancy set. I, would I do. you? Oh, I do. Really? Yeah. Would you use yeah, does it? Does that surprise you? 
Can I just say, uh-huh. where are you going to keep this? Because Mr. Big. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. You reminded me. That's such a good point. He's so bad with this stuff. Maybe I should just buy. Well, I'm not going to use it when he's there. Like, yeah, Mr. When Big, can, you come Mr. Big can have a regular plate. He can have one from Ikea and you can have. He can have the Paw Patrol plate. Um. Um, no, it's for other people then. If I just if I just want to be fancy for one day. So what oh, you know what, what crockery you, would you aspire to? Like a dinner set, or would you want sort of a tea set? What, what, probably a, a dinner here? set, mm. really a dinner set. But I think for like maybe so my home office, I want uh I want a cup and saucer, you know, like a like a Versace one or like After a dinner you know, coffee. one. Yeah, yeah. And that's just like your fancy set just for yourself. Love it. I don't know. I like it. Um, yeah. Would you I, have I'm... it on display? Oh, probably not. Because that's another thing, right? This homeware, you can then, ha- you don't even, I mean, people don't normally walk in you, into your wardrobe, do they? So they can't see that you've got lots of lovely things, oh, but you point. can display in your home that you've got Hermes crockery like those pillows and that like that's become really famous lots of people knock them off too mm. but like you know on every instagram of anyone who's sort of over oh, yeah. a certain earning threshold yeah there's has, always that hermes blanket the hermes, like blanket <laughs> or the hermes pillows on their sofa yeah and it's just really distinctive and recognizable yeah that's true um, one thing i do actually genuinely i i will have at some point manifest it yeah 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 I've I've told you before I really like the Hermes scarves scarves as pieces of art Mm. framed oh yeah that's something I would do 100% um but you're right in that people don't walk into your wardrobe or your walk-in wardrobe and like just rifle through your stuff I mean unless they see you enough wearing you know your designer pieces or whatnot that's a really good point. It's a way to flash your wealth in all areas of your life. Seriously, do yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that I was going to say is like obviously um, these designer brands don't just move into home; they move into other areas, um, like Chanel and their skiing collections. Like you can you can buy if you like watched Emily in Paris guys out there, um, and there was a Dior um scooter with matching helmet and things to match and all of that but the thing is with branching out into other areas and the same can be said for diffusion lines so like they're cheaper um they're kind of like lower price point diffusion ranges um is that it can backfire because these brands have to go into very often if they're going into scooters now they might partner up with a scooter brand or if they're if they want to make crockery they might partner up with a crockery brand it might not be like Wedgwood like a like a one that we know of but it's a company that makes this stuff in a enabling them to kind of branch out into new departments and what can happen is that you have like licensees so they're allowed to use your logos on their stuff and so that you can reach new departments and new target markets and whatnot and you can oversaturate yourself if you don't treat you know your homeware your lifestyle wear and other things like that as something to be carefully monitored and controlled it can cheapen your brand as you as you mentioned before in the beginning of this episode you can start to see the logos everywhere mm. you know as we say now with the with the ms scarves it's partly to blame because of social media and we get an insight into people's lives constantly but a few years ago i didn't know anything about ms blankets yeah and yes now i see them i either think oh I quite like them I want to get one myself or I'm thinking oh that's so cliche yeah basically once you hit a certain like earning you know earning band well 
everyone buys an Hermes blanket. I want to do something different and I'm going to buy something that is more meaningful to me in whatever way that is. So it can backfire on you. So true. That's so true, actually. And it's actually really, that's so not what Hermes wants to achieve. Mm. Um, But the amount that I see, it it does seem very, I don't mean... Uh, whenever I say basic bitch, I'm saying it sort of ironically. Um, but it does, it seems a bit basic. It seems a bit like, oh yeah, everyone's got that. It's, you know how I think of a Hermes um blanket? It's what? like whenever you see someone from like Towie or like fresh out of Love Island, they all get those like awful grey velvet sofas and their house, <laughs> their houses all look the same. Because maybe they partnered with like, but they get they have the same looking houses and you're like, oh my God, not another home that looks identical mm. to the last or whatever. Um, and that's what makes me like, that's what I think of the Hermes blankets and um, cushions. I'm just like, oh, that again. And Hermes is so not that. Yeah. But also I, I think the difference is, is that now we have such new money sort of and people doing really really well with um, Mm -hmm. new money Mm -hmm. that you can't you can't stop that and that it's very appealing to that to that audience yeah you can't gatekeep it no if that's what people want and they can afford it and they they buy it with their hard-earned money yeah um I think um Dior does home really nicely the stuff that I've seen what is it called like chinois what's like that pattern that they have called Oh God, I don't know. I know there's a name. Um, I'm actually Googling to your home because I don't think I've ever <gasps> your maison. Um you know, sorry to cut you off, but just a thought of we've been talking about luxury brands. I think one fast fashion brand that we all know and love, Zara, has done the best diffusion line Zara home it's just kind of a brand that is everyone everyone combines to Zara everyone does everyone owns something from Zara but then for them to do some uh you know reach out into a different department and do it really well their stuff actually looks really nice but it's also it's not a line that's cheaper and more accessible for people. It's actually more expensive mm. to buy into Zara Home. You spend a pretty penny on their linen and their bed sheets and their tableware and all of that. It's not cheap, but it's the design aesthetic can, you know, rival home brands, like legit home brands. And that has converted their customer base, I think, coming from, you know, spending £40 on a dress to now spending £200 on new bed sheets. Mm. you know, everything that comes with bedding, is actually quite clever. Yeah. They've got you to spend more with them. And I, I think that that's great because Zara Home is genuinely has nice stuff. Zara Home is amazing. And I remember when it sort of first started, it was... It wasn't probably as luxe as it is now. Mm-hmm. I actually think the positioning they have is great. And not that I want them to up their prices or improve sort of their clothing quality, but it really suits them. Zara Home feels like the main event almost mm-hmm. now. It's, it is, it's, it's not Zara. It's, yeah. it's Zara. It's like one entity in itself. It's just, it's so... I mean, I'm in like full nesting mode at the moment. I just really want to make my home really nice. And actually, I was talking to my friend about this. She's like, but that's because we've spent so much time in our homes mm. and like working from home that like I now want to come back in and it to be not just like, oh yeah, that's fine. I want it to be like, no, actually, that's really considered. I really like that. I thought about what I want here. Mm-hmm. And I really like this, this, and this. Um, and make it work we spend so much more time and like permanently we'll hopefully be working from home in aspects forever Mm -hmm. that it's become more important and Zara Home is lovely and the 
I'm hoping the quality is good because the prices are high on certain things, you know, like their rugs are expensive, Mm -hmm. like their bedding. And it's, I think it's really clever, especially because H&M and Zara are different, Mm -hmm. but they can be put together like on Zara's sort of TF, TRF line. Yeah. It's quite similar to H&M. Mm-hmm. They could be quite interchangeable in that aspect, but H and M Home is a very different entity yeah. than Zara Home, and that could have been the positioning Zara did. Yeah, but cheap, cheerful. Um, and don't get me wrong, H and M Home has great stuff too. It yeah. definitely leans itself more towards sort of kids, um, and the odd bit the here and there. But Zara Home is like, yeah, it's a real aesthetic. It's mm. they've done well there. Yeah, um, I I think yeah. I think of H&M Home as, and I could be wrong, but it's just my overall opinion, is like for people who don't own their own house but want it to look cute, and then Zara Home is a bit more like, I don't have money to be going to like specialist interior design shops from mm. like West London, but I do want this cohesive look in my house and I'm serious about interior design and I'll consider, I'll consider Zara Home. I don't know, it's, it's for like slightly more serious interior designing people. I don't know, could be wrong, but that's the impression I get. But you're right, they position themselves as two different um, two different things. Yeah. Um, I actually, I do, I really understand the move for be- beauty. We've said like it's, it's lucrative and I understand it. It's sort of straightforward mm-hmm. and all of that and it goes so hand in hand with beauty but I think home just creates that overall brand experience I don't yeah, know if it's sure. something that actually appeals to me that much on um like I don't even know would I want Chanel pillows I don't think I would I think that's too low because the only thing it could really mm. be is like logo-y yeah like, if you've got a logo on then what's the point of spending that much money on it but I don't want a logo home. Um, yeah. I'm not really that logo-y personally either. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, there's definitely an audience for stuff like that. It appeals less to me, but I do appreciate, I love interiors. So I love seeing how they sort of do it. Um, and for sure, it obviously then probably inspires Zara Home or like other places. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I also just do think, I think as a as a society, we are leveling up so much. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, even though both of us don't own a home, I would probably like want to style out. If I have like people coming over for dinner, I would put like a real effort into people coming over. I would mm-hmm. sort of want my plates to match, you know. Yeah. I think long gone are those days of, of just people winging it like when my parents bought their first home they said they didn't have any furniture my mom made bean bags we will move into a home and we want to buy that like two grand sofa we want to buy those nice things Mm -hmm. um and I just think that like the norm and we're just leveling up we make a big occasion out of everything like Easter now there's all the decorations for Easter Mm -hmm. There's mm-hmm. tablescapes and all these like aesthetics. You're sort of meant to have these baskets for your kids. Mm-hmm. We're getting to a point where everything is becoming such a high consuming, like consuming. Yeah. And and I I don't know if that is from this. I think it's a bit from Instagram. Perth, like that's where I get a lot of it from YouTube and Instagram, where you see. Mm-hmm where you see people where they do host stuff and they've like really thought about it and they have loads of money. So they've bought like a new table runner and ca- like candles and thought about a theme and maybe even got somebody in to like stage it to look nice and events team. Yeah. And you're like, I want that kind of a thing, <laughs> but I think it works. And so I don't know what came first, but I think home is it creates this lifestyle fantasy that fashion already does. Yeah. So well, I think it, it it makes total sense in, mm. in my head. So I also wanted to touch on more diffusion fashion mm. lines. So when a designer, say Valentino, comes out with a diffusion line like Red Valentino, 
it's cheaper price point, reaches more people. So it's not branching out into new departments as such, but it's just, again, creating that fantasy, but for mass market. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting because I feel like there's less of a focus on that sort of thing now. Um, and as you said, maybe it is because people are willing to spend more on designer goods they're they're more willing to buy into designer goods that um diffusion lines are less of a thing now or less promoted um or it could just because it's it really does damage the appeal and reputation of the mainline brand Mm. and also like high level thoughts outlet stores because there are lots of brands out there i think we should do an episode on outlet yeah but there's a lot of people out there don't know that a brand will make things especially for their outlet stores. So it might be an old design that they have, but they just keep pumping out that design and it can only be found in an outlet store and they'll make it in a slightly cheaper leather. And because it's the same, like, old design, they can afford to sell it for cheaper because... Mm -hmm it's like the basics you know or they've made it from cheaper materials so they can sell it for cheaper um and or they just create things that is designed completely 100% just for outlet and I think that reminds me of diffusion lines because in essence it is it's saying okay you can't afford this season's collection of Dior you can't go into the main store and you know, buy our latest Lady Dior in what like gold, you know. But if you go to our outlet, you'll find something similar. You'll find something that's specially made and it's cheaper. And we only keep that product there to cater to people who, you know, don't have the money for it, can't afford, you know, the more extravagant pieces. I think it's, yeah, I think outlet stores are just a, a secret diffusion line in that sense yeah I actually think it's such a good point um one thing that that made me think of um yeah what that made me think of is who doesn't have diffusion lines Dior Chanel like Hermes they don't do diffusion lines but they they barely have they barely have sale. Huh? Barely. They barely have sale. But like, well. is is the reason because they do well enough without it? Like, I don't think Louis V does either, do they? No. No. It's so like these established, more established brands don't do it. Mm. And you see it's sort of more like so like Mark Jacobs had Mark by Mark Jacobs, which yep. was like, like which was successful. Yep. But was that for funding reasons? I think, you know, like where is it? Um, I think I've probably closed the window, have I? Um, no. Um come on. Huh? I was gonna read sort of like where someone's description of like what a diffusion line is, but the window won't open. Um, never mind it basically was saying like it's for I'll then start your sentence again because a lot of that sentence was <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my god so why brands have diffusion lines is often yeah for money mm-hmm. it's it's to appeal to more a wider customer base it's also so that then they can make more units. And in yeah. fashion, if you make more units, then you get a better price at a factory. And then if you like, everything is a numbers game when it comes yeah. to stuff like that in fashion. I'm sure it's the case in other things. But if you buy more meterage of a fabric, it's the, cheap, the cheaper it is. Yeah. The more garments you ask a factory to make, the cheaper their cost for you is. You know, and so it's much more cost effective for brands to actually mass produce. That's why it's really noble and whatever where brands want to be 
exclusive that doesn't that's not that doesn't mean it's cheaper for them um so diffusion lines are to help get those minimums down or maybe it's also the same factory that makes their main line but because you're giving them more numbers it means that the main line stuff can have a better margin mm-hmm. like it's all of this stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so I definitely think the birth of a diffusion line is just, it's, it's a financial thing. Um, it's definitely not got the consumer in mind. Um, I would say when it's successful, if I were to be a designer, I feel like the way I would have a diffusion line is I would have more fun with it. I think that's when a diffusion line works, in my opinion, is when it's quite different. Maybe it's more playful. Maybe that's where like you have more fun with print. Maybe that's like a bit more fashion or like seasonal focus. Maybe I don't know, um, but I think it seems it should be quite distinguishedly different. I don't sort of think it should just yeah. be ever so slightly cheaper and a slightly cheaper fabric. I think the design aesthetic, like you should want that. Yeah, um, just yeah, I agree. Like. I think then you like don't water down what the other designs are either. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you do run the risk of watering down the designs from your main line. Um, and yeah, it should be different. There should be a different essence to your diffusion. Um, so just quickly, I was going to go through some of the brands and their respective diffusion lines. Mm-hmm um some of them I didn't know and some of them I did um so with Burberry mm-hmm. you have Burberry Prosrum mm-hmm. I can never pronounce that um Ralph Lauren you have Polo Ralph Lauren you have um they have one called Chaps supposedly don't know if that exists That's anymore for horses surely I don't know if it's four horses or it's... No, as in, like, four horse people. Yeah, well, hopefully. <laughs> you have Moschino with Cheap and Chic and Love Moschino as well, which is quite a popular oh, yeah. one. You've seen that, you see that quite um, around a lot. You have Calvin Klein with CK, CK Jeans, Calvin Klein Underwear. Oh, you know what? That's a diffusion line that's wildly successful. Yeah, their underwear. Yeah, yeah, rightly so. I've got, I've got some of that underwear. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have Dolce and Gabbana with D and G, which is closed now. You have another one, Donna Karen DKNY is I, I would say is more popular than yeah. Donna Karen. Mm-hmm. Um, Fendi supposedly has one. I might just be completely in the dark, but it's called Fendi Simi, which I guess is like very Fendi translation. You have Boss, and their diffusion line is Hugo or Hugo Boss. Um, you have oh another one, Roberto Cavalli with Just Cavalli. Yeah. We had um, Agent Provocateur and they had L'Argent, mm-hmm. but since closed as well. Um, you've mentioned Mark Jacobs with Mark by Mark Jacobs. Another big one is Alexander McQueen with McQ, MCQ. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say it, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, Michael Kors with Michael by Michael Kors. Again, I think their really diffusion popular. is more popular. Um, we've also got Valentina Garavani with Red Valentino. Um, Tommy Hilfiger with Tommy Jeans. Oh, Versace with Versus, which is actually very... I think very popular Mm -hmm. and I think that it has a I might be wrong again but like Versus and Versace jeans couture has like a constant aesthetic whereas Versace changes with seasons depending on their collection 
but you always know with like versus and such jeans couture you're you're always going to get like a brock style silk shirt yeah if that's your thing year after year like you're always going to find that um and then you have yoji yamamoto with y3 mm-hmm. and y3 for adidas and again very big really popular. really popular yeah so yeah i mean your main line can be overshadowed if you're not careful but there may be that's the point of it no yeah I, I guess it's just yeah and if you start a main if you start a diffusion you sort of you want that to be successful too so I feel like you you kind of you probably don't see it as a rivalry between them either like there will for sure be people who've heard of Y3 by Adidas and who have no clue who Yoji Yamamoto is mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and as long as your sort of pride can take that uh which it should because you're still being you know successful and your designs are still being appreciated Mm -hmm. um but it's just I think people always have the big cause is the main line that would be for me that would still always be the most important thing whatever it like my main line Mm um that's the thing it's 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 like um the way we view couture as well Couture is the chance to come out with some big designs um, and really express yourself mm-hmm. and well, for a brand to. And then they're ready to wear is the more realistic approach, the more realistic version, the one that people can actually buy into. Now, for some brands, they're ready to wear. It's still very expensive. Yeah. So in the same way that like ready to wear is more is more popular than the control version just because of the price and the design and whatnot. These even cheaper diffusion lines, because look, for example, Valentina has Valentina Couture. They also have Valentina Garavani as like their main ready to wear, but they also have red Valentino, which is like yeah. even cheaper. So it's all, it's, it's all the same, isn't it? I think I'd really struggle to get my head around all of that in what way in the sense of I think I'd always prioritize sort of one over the other I think would they not get kind of like cross-purpose but one is a marketing tool yeah and one one is the the way that you're able to still have fun with the others you know yeah exactly (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, I think you see it. I haven't seen any brands who are sort of maybe newer with diffusion lines. I feel like it's probably less of a ploy these days. I think you, if I were a brand, I'd almost put my money elsewhere or that effort into probably like in getting influencers or I don't know. I think you see it less. But then also I, I feel like we're seeing less brands emerging at that level too. At that like price point, that sort of level, yeah, mm-hmm. expensive nonetheless, um, but just not as expensive as, yeah. yeah. I mean, I could see like an Amina Muadi coming out with a diffusion line, yeah. If I'm honest, um, yeah, I know that Manolo Blahnik did a collaboration with Cast- Castanier. They do the espadrilles. Don't mm-hmm. know if you see them on like Netporte and stuff. Um, and his shoes are, you know, he doesn't do really, he doesn't do dress down shoes. No. Um, and so that is like, you know, you want Manolo Blonics at an affordable price, like 150 pounds or hundred pounds or however much. Um, so, but yeah, as you said, these are brands that are very expensive and I don't know if we, I haven't really seen brands that have come out recently that are on that same price point level. So yeah, there probably isn't much need for diffusion lines, but give it time. Do you think collaborations are the new diffusion lines? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why we see so much of them. Mm -hmm. I think in the way that brands that don't have diffusion lines, as you mentioned, like Chanel and whatnot, they either use their outlet stores 
to kind of shift that quantity. Mm. I'm not saying Chanel does, but maybe Dior or Gucci, for mm. example. Because if you go, actually, if you go Bista Village, Gucci has a massive store and I'm sure there's a lot of stuff in there that is made for Outlet, I'm yeah, convinced. For sure. Um, so like, yeah, Gucci uses their Outlet and they also use their very high number of collaborations each year with arguably cheaper brands to shift large amounts of stock. But then sometimes these collaborations can be really exclusive and there's not a lot of, um, there's not a lot of stock to be had, you know? Yeah. So not always. Interesting. I think for Fendi Skims, maybe. <laughs> Just don't think Fendi got much out of that person. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. We all knew who Fendi was before. We all want Fendi stuff. Like it's, I want Fendi stuff more than I want skim stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, anything else for diffusion lines? No, what should our poll be this week? What's your favourite diffusion line? Or what's a diffusion line you didn't know was a diffusion line and you thought it was the main line? again for tuning in to another episode of style over substance guys don't forget to check out our instagram or spotify to respond to this week's poll bye Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.